Uh, three guys you never heard of get killed by a child. Ooh. Three guys you never heard of aren't big fans of horror films. Holy cow. Three guys you never heard of. I don't know about the other two guys, but this guy went to the theater by himself with one old man. (laughs) (laughs) And that old man was talking to the characters. No. (laughs) The running... Dude, it was like the director's cut no one ever asked for. It was like... If the director of the movie had thought it was way different, and then like there was a bunch of reshoots, and then he was high, and then he was brought in to do a commentary to what he thought was the movie, and it made it so much better. Yeah, uh, guys, we're the podcast whose tagline paradoxically cannot exist only by existing. Makes sense if you don't think about it. Uh, and we talk about movies. We get deep, we get weird, and we all have beards, but you wouldn't know that. You can't hear that through the mic, really. You can't. No. Hopefully, hopefully not. We're doing something terribly wrong. <laughs> if they, get, if they get long enough, there's a lot of. Scott would just have to sort of lean over his mic, and you would totally get it. Dave and I would have to rub up against it. Uh, yeah. I'm Scott. I'm Duran. Uh, I'm David. I, what, for how do you do? I think what I want to do is, uh, what superpower would you want? Oh. And you don't have to be Any? serious. Any. Not ones that are displayed in the film? To be fair, there's only like three that are displayed in the film. Maybe, one, two, maybe four if you insinuate three. his visions of the future. One, two, three. He's invincible, he flies, and he has laser beams. Um, Super strength? Four. Okay, fine. Four. I mean, yeah. you guys already got one of those. Five. He kills it with the ladies. <laughs> okay, so you guys... Both of you have one of them, and Dave has another one of them. Yeah, deep idea. Um, the Scott, one. since yes. you thought about this ahead of time, do you want to go first? Not really, because I didn't come. Guys, oh my I'll, gosh! I'll go first. I got a great answer okay, immediately. Let's see. Let's see. Dave, um, is it going to be you can talk with fish? <laughs> if I could talk with fish, the world would be a better place. That's for sure. No. Two ways, all right, two things. If I want to use my power and try and get ahead in life deviously, I would love to read minds. But yeah. that I don't trust myself with that, and this just kind of would get overwhelming. So my real answer would be uh, basically like indestructible bones and really strong. So like Wolverine. Oh, but Wolverine's regenerate. Yeah, I, no, I wouldn't need to regenerate. I want to die when I'm supposed to. Oh, yeah, interesting. So impervious to physical harm, but still except mortal, mortal. Okay, yeah, um, and no claws. Mm, yep, nope. Well, just just so I think you'd have to have the regenerative properties yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, for sure. I'd have the claws without the regenerative properties. You pull claws out and just have like an open well, wound from your. Hand. Yeah, that's gonna be a couple months before I want to do that again. Uh, yeah, that's my answer because I think, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. Uh, I think I like that, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna address it a little bit and just be a little more real with. You want to undress it a little bit? Um, it's all right. Okay. Uh, you have consent. I just don't want to get sick ever. Oh, which is interestingly hinted at in Glass, right? Like mm-hmm. you never got sick. I yeah. just don't ever want to get sick. Yep. That's all. I like that. And it can range from like common cold down to like cancer. I just don't want to get sick. 
Still down, die. down to cancer? Where are your sp- rankings of sickness? The spectrum. <laughs> I'm saying the spectrum is... <laughs> We'd start with the common cold, the king of them all. All the way down. And then, like, cancer. Yeah. Just whatever. No, but, but, but the, the spectrum of... I don't, I don't mean just, like, free from bacterial infections. For sure. Like, I like it. I don't want to have that stress or... Absolutely, dude. In my life. Hmm. Imagine that. I still do want to die, though. I don't want to be invincible. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm thinking, like... In the real world, yeah. where no, there are no other superpowers present mm-hmm. in any way, I think I would just go with something like super intelligence mm-hmm. that wouldn't, it doesn't require you to stand out, but you can utilize in like your day to day. Yeah. Because like Everyone. having the gift of flight and being like, yeah, in the real world and like you can fly, it's like, well, your life is probably gonna change drastically because people are going to figure out that you can fly do you think you get bored with what super intelligence like you'd be so high functioning over the rest of us that you'd just be bored with normal conversations um no because i don't get bored with you guys now so oh <laughs> good well before he <laughs> before he took us to denny's for that grand slam uh i was gonna say yes no because we're always down for a, a funny time, a fun time, and you don't need to be smart to laugh. Yeah, yeah, but it's like the the Doctor Manhattan problem. Doctor Manhattan is way different, though. True, because he isn't just intelligent; he also has other stuff going on. He has other know. stuff, well, and he like loses all of his humanity. Yeah, but Duran isn't dressed in all blue, so is he blue shorts? Not blue, blue shorts. Not today, Dave. Not today. Well, the last time I saw Duran, blue on blue on blue. I went full blue last Saturday. Do you do you identify like do you like blue? Yeah. Okay. Um the last thing he said before he left was I blew myself. This is false. Well in, in Dave's mind that's what you said. <laughs> Dr. Tobias Fuke. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. Uh super intelligence. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Guys, let's get into it. Which which uh Billy Batson, that's not his name. I don't even remember his name. What are you talking about? Brightburn Boy? Brightburn Boy, what's his name? Briar. Brandon. Brandon yeah. Briar. Brandon Briar. He had super intelligence, right? Did? Well, he yeah. was definitely more intelligent. They made that clear. Yeah. Super intelligence, I don't know. It's also like the it's one thing weird. that he seemed to know a lot about perfectly described his situation. Oh, yeah. We're getting too far into this already. Yeah. But <laughs> We watched Brightburn. We watched Brightburn. With an old man. I didn't watch it with an old man. Um, right, who did you watch it with? Do you watch it with Liz? Liz went with me. Okay. She, well, we'll get into it. I don't want to yeah. say. Yeah. But I will say later. Um, people from the theater did walk in like 15, 20 minutes before the movie ended. Just sort of like walked in and then looked up and they were like, oh, there's people here. Whoops. And like left. It's like you guys just assumed no one was coming to this movie. Anyway, uh, we saw Brightburn. Brightburn came out on May 24th. 2019 it is classified as a horror sci-fi film um which i think fits i mean yeah yeah uh directed by oh man david urevsky urevsky yeah sure um he directed the hive is that it he directed a short film associated with guardians of the galaxy interesting but i didn't recognize it at all uh, have you guys seen The Hive? No. No. I also have not. I've listened to a song called The Hive. It's really good. Hmm. Is it by The National? It's by Norma Jean. Same first letter. 
Very different genre. <laughs> Thank you. Same first letter. Yeah. Uh, the writers were Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn. Brother and cousin, respectively. Um, these guys are sequel monsters. Because they wrote Bring It On Again, which is a sequel to Bring It On. Fantastic cheerleading film. They also wrote uh, Journey 2, the number 2, The Mysterious Island. Which I really hope, when the marketing team got a hold of this one, that they just marketed it as Journey to the Mysterious Island. Yep. But they put that colon in there, which makes me think they didn't market it that you, way. This is like the Star Trek in the Darkness thing. Star Trek Into Darkness. They're one of the, the most talked about pages on Wikipedia in terms of like the talk page, which is where people discuss the page, mm-hmm. is the Star Trek Into Darkness, just the title. Like, is it Star Trek colon Into Darkness, or is it Star Trek Into Darkness? Because Star Trek Into Darkness... People have strong opinions. Sound is way cooler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, which, which I agree. Journey to the Mysterious Island is much better than just Journey to... I would prefer I would prefer quotation marks before the star, comma after the star, um, and then exclamation point after the darkness, and then quotation marks after the exclamation point. So Star Trek into Darkness. <laughs> like a command to star. Oh good, I like it. Yeah. Thanks. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Do you yeah. like that breakdown? It was hard to do. Yeah. yeah. It's good. <laughs> but I mean we are in a purely vocal yeah, medium. Yeah, you can so. play that back. It checks out. I nailed it. He did. Cool. Uh, music was Tim Williams. Um, so he has not composed for very many other movies, but he was in the music department for Deadpool 2, Get Out, and Guardians of the Galaxy. What does in the music department mean? I don't know. That's how IMDb classified him, which uh, makes me think that... IMDb has no idea what the hell he did. I mean, what it means. We watched a movie where the guy's top credential outside of writing that movie was being a miscellaneous cast member on yep. Spider-Man. So that's, that's awesome. That's true. Yeah. Um, um, was is is there a relation between Brian Gunn, Mark Gunn, and James Gunn? Yes, Brian's his brother, Mark's his cousin, and James is himself. Okay. Yep. In my mind, for some reason, I thought this was a James Gunn thing. And David, James Gunn produced it. Ah, and David okay. and David Yurevsky is one of James Gunn's best friends. BFFs. Mm-hmm. Wow, yep. dropping some solid knowledge. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's why I'm here, guys. Yeah, no, it's all good. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Um, scores for the film: IMDb has it at six point five out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes critics fifty six percent. Audience sixty eight percent. Metacritic gave it a forty five. Cinema score is a C plus. Hey, C pluses. C's get degrees, baby. Whoa. Uh, I mean, I have a thought on yeah. that. The, um, the cinema score tends to be, uh, like, mo- I think all of the movies that we've seen so far have been B's or higher. I don't think any of them have been mm. C's. I could be wrong, but there might have been like one, but I can't even yeah. remember what it is, so it probably isn't. Uh, and it's and it's made fifteen million in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know what the budget was, but I feel like... I know what the budget was. Ooh, Dave knows what the budget was, guys. What was the budget? Well, I want to talk about that. Oh, okay. Ooh, Dave wants to talk about that, guys. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's starring um, Elizabeth Banks, um, David Denman. Mm. Roy. Roy. Roy from The Office. (laughs) Roy. Just so you guys are all aware. Roy from (laughs) The Office is in this. He crushes it. Yeah. Um, And then later, gets crushed. Of sorts. Uh, hey, we said the spoilers thing. It's fine. He he gets his head 
crushed so he, by lasers. By lasers. Okay, I just want to make sure. That, like, when you get shot, that's like getting crushed by a bullet? <laughs> yeah, that okay. is, dude. Okay, he was crushed to death by the bullet that went through his body. He was crushed to death by the energy that that's melted hilarious. his brain. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jackson A. Dunn. Brandon Jackson Breyer. A. Dunn. So, Briar. Briar, excuse Funny me. Story. Have we seen him before? I don't think I recognized him. Yeah, I don't know. I thought when I was first looking up who was in it, it said gun. And I was like, get out of here. I thought it was a little gun. I thought it was like it's one of their gun boys. family movie. Yeah, I was like, what? James Gunn, Brian Gunn, Mark Gunn. <laughs> Jackson, Jackson Gunn. Gun. Jackson Gunn. It's hilarious. I'd be okay with that. Just what if they got just all of their family in this movie? So yeah. the entire cast was all guns. <laughs> I would still watch that. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I would watch that. I would if I knew that going, like, if that yeah, was how yeah. they advertised it was, like, come see the guns. Welcome to the gun show. <laughs> That's the only title it could have. Brightburn. Brightburn. Uh, let's get some thumbs up. Thumb action. Or down or middle. Guys. Or middle. Yeah. And none of this, like, we can go 45 degree angles if we want. Uh, three, two, one, thumb. Whoa. Oh, interesting. Okay, so. Interesting. I, Duran, gave a down thumb. Uh, I, Scott, gave a down thumb. I, David, gave an up thumb. Yeah. I feel as this is the most, like, bimodal we've had. Like, most of the time, like, if there are two people that are either down or up, there's one person that's either middle. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't think we've ever had, like, a straight up. I like, was teetering. Um, I, I think d- on Aquaman, maybe. I've been maybe. teetering. On Dave's Waterboy. Well, Dave's Waterboy. On, in instances where you're just purely wrong, yeah, that's happened before. Oh, okay. But I think that this is oh. one that has some area for discourse. It's so interesting. What, what did you like about it? Uh, so you know, you know what it didn't have? Any haunters. It didn't have any haunters. I mean, based on that's, the metric that yep. you set up last and the week. Metric you I did s- set up a very clear metric know. that included you're haunters. Right. And to be fair to all movies... Um, my thumbs are reflective of my metric minus the haunter. Uh, okay. If I were to put that in, I would hate all cinema. I would despise all of cinema, okay. which I do underneath because there are no haunters. But uh, no. So I was really back and forth on this one. Okay. And I did not have a very pleasant viewing experience because I'm a little baby. And I literally oh. watched it like this the whole time. David has hat over his eyeballs hat, yeah, right now. Yeah, I put my hat over my eyeballs, and I was looking at the bottom right corner of the screen, and I was like kind of... Because I just am a baby with any kind of suspense or jump scare. Gore doesn't bother me at all. Suspense kills me. So... It's good that gore doesn't bother you. Gosh. Yep, for sure. That's one of my complaints. Because, man, did they go hard there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not surprised, though, dude. Gun? The guns? Have you looked in the guns' history? No. Oh. Gore galore. I mean, from what I know about guns, or, they have been used for a while. True. Or you could say destruction and violence. Goror instead of gore galore. Just combine them. Anyway, I at first I was torn, but one thing that I think is the horror genre can do really well is be really tight and efficient with their storytelling. Um, and I felt like this one was pretty tight. It was less than ninety minutes. Inclu- including credits it was 90 right so things had to move along and actually one thing I really enjoyed was the family dynamic I thought that was by far the best part of the movie was the parents I thought they both did a good job um, The there's a lot of things I could kind of nitpick about the kid and the kills and I think that they really missed the, the biggest the reason I liked it was my biggest critiques of everything was oh man you missed an opportunity there to make it better but it wasn't bad that's what I thought. 
Like I thought, for instance, they could have upplayed kind of that internal conflict with the kid of what should I be doing good? What should I be doing that? They really missed a big opportunity there. They hit it one time at the very end when he was like, I want to do good mom. It's like, dude, play that throughout the movie. It'd be much more intriguing. I already pointed out that they showed the scene in the beginning. Granted, it was tied to the marketing scheme, right? So I think if they completely redid everything and had this movie just be like it was and then have the reveal that he's crash-landed, that would have been so intriguing because you would have been like, what's going on with this kid? Why is he like this? And it's like, oh, I see the parallel. So I think that would have been better. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I can't really critique the horror style because I'm such a baby. I... It all is super scary to me, so, like, I thought that was fine, and I thought the story was tight, and working, and it's funny, coaching, I used to coach middle school basketball, and parents will think their kids are amazing and the best until the bitter end, and so, for me, the mom's arc was totally believable, how she wanted to defend him, until she found out, and then she was so, so that part, I thought was cool, um... Yeah, I mean, I just thought there could have been it could have been a lot better, but it wasn't bad in my opinion. Um, and then one last thing I'll say: seven million dollar budget. All right. They made that look so good for you could tell that the people involved with the special effects. I felt like for seven million bucks, they did a lot with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. that's my uh, that's just kind of my general thoughts. I'm I'm a little interested actually because you said that the story was good but i think back to other movies we've talked about where you haven't liked the story and it feels that this is like there's like no character development whatsoever it was the story was i said it was tight it wasn't any fluff i guess this gets into a question of like how do you define story for sure and i think that the i thought that the parents did a good job i thought that the kid was pretty flat but but in terms of like how because again like they didn't they didn't have any arc per se right they didn't have any dynamic nature of their well i don't think that anyone other than the kid needed to have an arc and the kid the kid didn't really yeah the kid was pretty flat i thought yeah which is one of my big things the what so interesting so i guess what i took away from the so the main the only really characters that counted were the parents and the kid yeah and but but i feel so all of them had the exact same like they all had they all had very similar to the point that like the dad the dad had no moment of change, right? He he had the moment where he had a feint where mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, we're gonna go hang out with my boy," and then he shot his kid, right? Like, yeah. And so it's just one. Of, and the mom, like the entire time, even up until like the very end, was just like, "Oh, you're just, you just need, yeah, a see, mother's I, hug." My my takeaway, I really enjoyed the dynamic of the family trying to stay a family and cope with what was going on yeah. uh, against the mounting evidence because <clears throat> I, I i feel like i see where both of you are going with this yeah and i think it i feel like it makes sense that the parents don't really have an arc because yeah. this is all happening so fast in such a short amount of time that it doesn't make sense for them to have huge drastic drastic changes sure um and i think the dad does in a sense yeah um like with everything that happens i think part of it is also that they do a decent job of it being so supernatural that people don't even necessarily believe that it's real even his parents who like are continuing to get this mounting evidence are denying it denying it denying it and it's only till at the very like end that 
um, the dad finally decides to actually do something about it. And even then, I don't think that he necessarily thinks there's anything supernatural going on with his son. He just knows that his son has done some awful things. Yeah. yeah. So it's it it makes sense to me that the parents don't actually change that much. Which leads into David's point of like how wild would that have been if the moment that the mom realizes that the kid was do right there's that moment in the movie where she she, she like found the drawings. You know, puts all the dots together, yeah. right? Yeah. And how wild would it be if in that moment you see a flashback to him being an alien, right? Or like up until that point. So think like about that, that would have been the whole play with mind the, the whole play with the red light in the barn. The yeah. whole time in the movie, you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. It would have been such a better... Because you know exactly what's going on from the very beginning. Yeah. As opposed to being like, there's a red light in the barn drawing him. What's in the trap door? Why does he yeah. have his powers? What? My... So what I wanted this movie to be is to be Superman. Mm-hmm. But have it be what happens if Superman doesn't have a good upbringing. Well, Nick, it almost seems as though the framework was there to do that. Yeah. Like, they, they could have, and even, like, the ending shot is that, right? Because yeah. the kid is essentially just rampaging yeah. at the end of the movie, right? And yeah. And so, you, like, that, if, if you were to not see the trailer and just see that last scene and say, like, right, here's the last scene of our movie, I'd be like, oh. Like, I would have the same thing of, like, yeah. holy crap, we could do a really cool, yeah. like, dark look at that arc which we all assume turns into good right like and there's no yeah. reason to say that superman should be good i think that yeah so i think that my big thing with it is that they they showed to, they showed what they did in the trailers and then at the beginning of the movie they show that he is a crash landed alien baby mm-hmm. and so immediately anyone that's familiar with superman is going to make that association yep. but then i don't think they do a very good job of having the movie be a what if Superman was bullied and didn't have a good childhood yeah. thing. Because I think very early on, they make it clear that, oh, it's not him making these he's, decisions he's to do evil. He's being yeah. kind of like, he's either being talked to or possessed or something by the spacecraft. So that takes all of the onus away from him yep. and the situation that has brought him up, which in my mind just ruined the movie. Yeah. Because I think it would be a way more interesting character study to say, like, what if Superman was found by parents that weren't great? What if he was bullied in school? Then what do you do? Because then you're addressing the question that comes up in every Superman film, which is society wondering, if we have this god living here on Earth, what if he decides to do evil type of thing? So this movie had that opportunity to at least show the beginning parts of that, but instead they just conned it off and and used this plot line of, well, it's the spaceship that's making him evil. And it's like, no, why do that when you don't have to? Mm-hmm. When, and the choices he makes are, like, oddly, like, misplaced puberty feelings, I guess, right? Which, like, that, even that I'm okay with. Because one of... Well, if, if it would have leaned into that, though, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, like, his decision, when he's talking, him and his dad have the talk, yep. and his dad says, hey, sometimes it's okay for you to give in to those feelings. So then he takes that as a, how old is he in this movie? Like, 12. 12? Um, he just turns 12 at the He at turns the 12. He takes that as, oh, okay, so I'm going to go fly over to this girl's house that I like, and I'm going to um, He's just looking for that strange, bro. It makes, like, he does all that without the influence of the spaceship. And I think that's one of the better moments in the film. Because I feel like 
the average 12-year-old boy is going to make some sort of mistake like that, mm-hmm. but the average 12-year-old boy can't fly and has and doesn't have superpowers, so they aren't able to like go to that extent. Mm-hmm. So I think that's actually one of the more redeeming things that happens in the film because that shows yeah. like, oh yeah, he's just making a mistake and that's going to come back to bite him. Yeah, but then that goes into like that's why he attacked the girl's mom. Kind of. She told me I can't talk to you. I'll take care of that. But then, but then there's this weird thing where, I don't know, I feel like you could argue that if he wasn't getting these, like, messages from the spaceship yeah. that were telling him to do bad, I don't think he would have gone and killed her mom. Yeah, and I feel that's a, that's a point where the movie could have, if they wanted, made that a lot more explicit. Yeah. Right? And making that, like, a struggle where he either won has a moment where he doesn't want to mm-hmm. and then he is pulled by whatever reason to do it or yeah. showing that like no 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 the reason he's killing the mom is specifically because of his infatuation with the girl yeah like but that the movie never make like the movie never explains why he kills the mom other than she would let me talk to you yeah and they don't really dig into that at all well because- also he they they kind of build it up with that uh, scene in the school. When he just watches her yeah, just tear yeah. into him for five minutes. But then it gets into, like, why did he destroy the airplane then? So, do you have more? I was just going to say that I feel like anytime that he's putting on that mask, he is doing evil that is coming from messages from the spacecraft. Okay. So, when he goes and kills the mom, he is embodying the, like, evil from the spacecraft. That's how I view it. But he killed his uncle. Yep. He still... Yeah. Well, I, I, I felt as though he was killing his uncle because his so he, uncle was going to go tell his parents. But I think that, I think that it's more so that like his ability and drive to do that kind of evil yeah. is coming from the spacecraft. Like if you, I think yeah. that's kind of what the movie is doing, and it's hard to know because yeah, it's never clear. What's well, my complaint I, is that like we we are filling in a lot of lines which yeah the movie should probably have. Because, well, so interesting. Yeah. I have uh, several responses to that, and I kind of like that quality about the movie. So, two things. How I took that, it was intriguing to hear you say that, because that's how I kind of felt that, I felt like that at first, and I think at first it was that, right? So he was trying to figure out what those words meant, and then he found out take, and take the world, right? I hate that, by the way. Um, Because if if you get three words from a language, you, you can't know what they mean like, that's not how language well works. so so here's the deal we so a we, do, we have no idea where he came from we have no idea what sent him or why right we don't know what well, no, culture we, we know he's why, from right he, the why take is the world. The, take the world but but right so that so your point about basically the the um spaceship using him as basically just an avatar yeah to do its bidding i th- was it was like that at first Right, that's what I felt because he like didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. but then he like started to become like acclimate to his powers and realized he was something greater. And I, it did a poor job at this, which is why in the very beginning I thought my biggest complaint was okay, it could have done a lot of things better. But I still drew from it that, and I still saw little points in the movie that they could have made a little bit better, where he where that transitioned into him doing those things on his own. So by the end, I felt like in my viewing experience, I was like, oh. This kid is acting on his own volition, just in a really warped way. Like, he killed his uncle because he was going to go tell his parents. 
and he loved his parents, and he didn't want them to get involved with or, like, know what he was doing, right? That little kid kind of, like, I gotta keep a secret type deal, like that scene where he lies about this soccer game. Um, and then he only kills his parents when they try and kill him, and he realizes that, like, they're not on board with who I am and what I'm trying to do, and this is mm-hmm. who I am, and he finally makes those decisions to laser beam his dad and then drop his mom, but... So that was my that was how I took that, and then the second thing was. But so that's that's like reading into the lines, right? Like that's, well, no, yeah. exactly. That's, that's like you projecting into. Well, for sure, right? Which is what I kind of appreciate that quality about movies in in degrees. But but here's my question: like, yeah. if you would have done the same thing in Captain Marvel, would you have a different opinion, right? Because you guys both, well, I shouldn't say you guys both. Duran in particular said that like a lot of his uh, experience of Captain Marvel was based on his expectations going in. Mm-hmm. Which I still think is a well, valid sound, way well, yeah. to watch a movie. That right? sounds like this instance, too. Well, yeah, and so my question is, like, do you think that it's because you are... Because you, you went in wanting it to be yeah, good I went in, I want I went in thinking it was going to be crap. Well, so maybe that's why, though, right? Is, is that it, it was not as crap as you thought it was going well, to be. Well, right? so that kind of ties into my second point, and then yeah. I'll address that yeah. question. My second point was when you brought up that it wasn't that movie that you thought it was. Mm-hmm. And my point is, I don't think it was trying to be. And maybe that was well, a misfire on the marketing team. But, like, if you look at it for solely what they showed in the film, like, it, it was, it, it had a subversion to the superhero genre, but it wasn't necessarily ever meant or designed to be a full-on oh parallel I, to Superman. I think, I think it's really difficult to say that it's not. Because I'm just saying, the, the filmmakers could sit here and be like, we could have done that, but we didn't want to because that's not what we were well, trying yeah. to do. Well, yeah, and and I I appreciate the point that you're making there, where it's like there's nothing saying that they were trying to exactly do yeah. what I said that I wanted to see, which mm-hmm. is what happens if Superman lands mm-hmm. and he has a a rough upbringing. How does he turn out? Maybe that's not what they were trying to do at all, but I think it's really really difficult to say that this movie is not heavily inspired by Superman. Oh yeah, I mean, like I think. I think without the Superman story existing, this movie is never For made. sure. Absolutely. I would agree. Um, you asked me... Projection. Projection. Right, because you're, you're reading in between the lines and Duran and well, I are essentially like... At the, at well, the same time, I would, argue, I, would, I would argue I'm I'm taking context clues, right? From the movie. And well, I, would, I mean, I would say that Scott and I are doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So, I mean, that just where that, that's what ended up with me doing this and you guys doing that, right? Yeah, but the context clues are. I, I think that uh, you could. Oh, they could have been. A, you you could fill them in a different way, in which doesn't lead to the same conclusion of like, oh, they're doing all these things. Because actually, one one of the my my overarching conversation I want to have with this is around the idea of like, what's the point, right? What what is the the story they're trying to tell? What is the what is the takeaway of this? Um, but before we get there, two things nitpicks. They're not really nitpicks. One, that's not how you use a hand cam in a horror film. Right, that first scene where she's in the barn. Yeah. Like they they were doing such quick jump cuts with such shaky hand cam that it wasn't a matter of like, oh, I'm getting nauseous and sick. It's a matter of like, I don't know what I'm looking at because you're giving me like these flashes of, yeah, camera shake. And it's just like, what? I just hated that. And the other is the the, I would say unexpected gore of the film. Oh yeah, I was I was a little turned off by that as I was watching it, it. It. went from one to ten yep. on the gore scale out of nowhere. For yeah. sure. And so to and kind of to address your point, like what's the point? I well, think that I think we'll that half of this movie's lifeblood is creating an environment to make a setting for some unique horror pieces, right? Horror set pieces. 
which yeah, which which, so which, which which all three of us are pretty so so on, but is is but, a thing in cinema with the horror genre. Yeah, that's fine. But I can think of a lot of movies that have that like their goal that their goal is to give you the suspenseful feeling that still have like some thinly veiled story to it, right? Some character development, some mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause again, like think back to like Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. right? Like that has all of those. In fact, they, they lampshade the fact that it has all of those like horror elements. And yet you still have like an intriguing, if Concept. not still like really weakly defined story, right? At the end of the day, Cabin in the Woods is this weird thing about like these cult people that are sacrificing people, right? Which, isn't really compelling of a story but at the same time it's still engaging you in a way that's not just like jump scare gore suspenseful music yeah right? for sure and that was the bulk of I, and I, I think back to like same with Get Out right I'm not saying Get Out oh man I've seen yeah. Us Get Out is super interesting yeah uh, from the standpoint of it has all those horror elements that you we're should watch about. Us we should do Us yeah I'm fine with doing Us but I mean yeah Gosh. um yeah, I I think that at the end of the day, so if if I take away my own thoughts on what I wanted the film to be, mm-hmm. my big critique is still that I never know um, when, whether or not Brandon Breyer is doing things because the spaceship is giving him messages to do them or because he is doing them. And at, at the end of the film, is is he still acting on what the spaceship is communicating to him or is he acting based on what he wants to do and what he is feeling yep. the film doesn't ever do a very good job of explaining like what is is it that that he and wherever he's from has this already in him and the spaceship wakes it up is it that the spaceship is telling him to do it is it that like the spaceship's just saying hi and then he's going through maturity and becoming this evil thing <laughs> like there's never hey. any clear Mm-hmm. reasoning for why this switch gets flipped in him or flipped gets switched interesting yeah and there is that one i mean so early on in the film when they're in the classroom and the teacher's asking about the difference between bees and wasps mm-hmm. and he gives this very detailed explanation of well wasps are um like inherently aggressive um and they take over Mm -hmm. other insects specifically they'll take over like a bee's nest Mm -hmm. like rather than create their own and go through that whole process they invade and they take over Mm -hmm. which it's like okay i'm happy that's what he's doing yeah well Well, did you notice the the sound effects when he was flying no no very wasp like well yeah but watch watch it again no that's that's fine but what i'm getting at is like if you have to read that hard between the lines to pull out the character development then it's not this is getting towards the idea between like uh, made for mass market and niche film of, of like are you making a film that's supposed to be accessible to all people or are you making a film that's only targeting people who really want to nitpick and tear apart right I don't, I don't think Brightburn is supposed to be a movie that is supposed to be it's not an art analyzed, house film right like, like well no but like if the it... target audience is not an audience in which is going to like heavily critique right i think the three of us are probably talking more about the merits of the movie uh like per capita than anyone else is doing for this movie right like yes i agree with that point your bigger overarching point is what well 
I, I think I know. I just want you to clarify a little bit more. Yeah, I'm I'm saying that they miss their target audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like if if that's true, if that's true that the sound of him flying is very wasp like, mm-hmm. and if they drop that line of you know what's the difference between a bee and a wasp, which yeah. again in in a movie that's an hour and a half, every single moment should be pivotal to the story for that sure. you're telling. For sure. Mm-hmm. So if a what, movie like well, if a movie leaves, so if a movie leaves enough pieces scattered throughout it to piece together and I'm not saying that this movie does a good job of that yeah. I'm just now talking about the bigger point yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. tied to Brightburn but it's if a movie leaves them all and then you go back and maybe rewatch or rethink or whatever you gotta yeah. do and they all add up together and add another layer to that story isn't that a good thing or is that a bad thing well I'm suggesting that like that that alternate layer because I think a lot a lot of movies that I have watched a number of times because of those layers, mm-hmm. those layers are complex enough that I can see they're there, mm-hmm. but I can't comprehend them the first watch. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't. If that's true, if it's true that the movie is made with all these you know complex layers mm-hmm. that we're supposed to read into, they didn't do anything to show me that they were there. No, for sure. And I think so. Two examples come to mind. Of like, so I look at those, these layers that we're talking about as kind of like mini little loops or journeys yeah. within a film. And we were just talking about Godzilla before we mm-hmm. started this episode. Godzilla 2014, the whole thing about him being a bomb expert, right? They play that up the entire movie. Like, this is what I do. I'm the guy who stops the bombs. And then he never uses it. And it's kind of like, okay. And then the other example is in Mad Max Fury Road. And I don't want to mis- mis- tell this, so actually I'll probably bring this back up on next episode, so tune in. Um, but there's a really intriguing play, uh, more of a physical aspect with a shoe involved throughout like the whole movie, and it's no attention's ever given to it, but if you watch for it and look at it, it's actually a pretty unique kind of arc that this physical kind of comedy-ish plays with this shoe on Max's foot that like struts in the very opening scene and then finally ends up... I have to go back and look at this again. I was reading this intriguing article on it, but like small little things like that. I mean, that's not contributing to the greater story, but it's an example of, like yeah. I said, without knowing the detail, I can't really flesh this it out. Is, I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of Mad Max Fury Road either, but oh, I, I think well, that's I, strange. That's odd. Because it's a great film. It's not. It's super good. Yeah, for um, what it is, dude. Sets it up, kicks it out of the park. Um, so again, another movie in which has no point. It's just an action set piece, dude. It's just an action movie. Yeah. So Gwen, Gwen will. So you don't like me. action movies? No, I don't like. I don't like movies that aren't trying to do anything. Besides being action, yeah, I, I totally get that. Right. Like it makes sense if, why you don't like John even Wick. Even if you look at because John Wick and Mad Max are like the same in yeah. that regard. Even if you look at like Endgame, which is an action movie, which arguably is also doing the same thing where they're using set pieces to have cool yeah. fights with yeah, yeah, yeah. cool people with cool abilities, right? Like, that's arguably all we're doing. They still at least have either a thin or pretty substantial veil over it of some story, right? Like, yeah. you can argue that Endgame is some, like, resolution of all these plot lines that we've been dealing with, right? And it's, it's a resolution, right? And, and I don't want to necessarily do a straight comparison because obviously Endgame is built on characters and X number years. of movies yeah, yeah. that build into it, right? But but my point being that like you can still have that set piece and still tell some story, still mm-hmm. have development, still have uh, something happen without just saying, oh, we're gonna have this really simple purpose for this film and then 
jam it through. Well, see, part of me appreciates something that's small scope as far as story wise goes. Like I, I love, but I'm, I'm a still... good story and like what you're talking about. But part of me also can sit down and really appreciate just super straightforward. Oh, dumb! Like basically, literally, Mad Max is point A to point B. That's what the movie is, right? They got to well, drive. A to B to A. Yep, A to B to A. They have got to drive to this place and then drive back. That's all they're doing, right? And John Wick, very, very simple, straightforward. And when the story is like that and you give me some fun little character moments, which both those movies have, in my opinion, and then some good action in that setting, I'm obviously in my track record, I like it. Well, if you bring it back, so bring it back to Brightburn then. uh, Because I think what you were saying, Dave, in the is that beginning. Brightburn falls into the category of Mad Max? Or... Uh, I, mm, Not for action. No, but yeah, but the overlap cities. would be but, a very simple, yes. efficient, s- small story. Right. Um, what's the rewatchability of this, mm-hmm. then? Like, what is the redeeming quality in this? To watch it again? Yeah. Um... For me, not much, just because I don't enjoy that type of movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't enjoy, which is why I'm surprised I give it a thumbs up, because I don't enjoy suspense and jump scares and horror. Um, even though it's funny, because I really thought that It was a good movie. And I did. I don't enjoy that type it, of movie. It, the movie? It, it, the movie. Yeah, sorry, the movie It with Pennywise. Um, was a really good movie, uh, even though I despised watching it. Because of just my physio- literal physiological reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with Brightburn to a lesser degree. Um, but to answer your question, rewatchability, uh, I'm not sure. I heard a rumor, and by heard I read a rumor, that the guns were tossing around the idea of creating a universe out of this. Not like a large-scale one, but like adapting several other like kind of basically a faux justice league or like a dark justice league if you will with like way different characters oh it's no we haven't even considered the fact there's an origin film yes is a pretty terrible origin film uh i feel like this goes straight back to me saying that this is a play on superman no and you say no it's not well now saying well the guns basically said that it is uh no the the, so hear me out here (laughs) but i think i think it cannot be a play on superman beat for beat well, it's clearly not. It, no, no, absolutely. But it draws heavy inspiration from the character, yes. I don't disagree with you there. But my disagreement with you is it didn't show, like, who's to say that it can't draw from Superman and then throw in that space. Because they could be, the writers could be writing from a point where, hey, this is the world we've created that we know about, that he came from. This is how they do things. The Who knows the influence, the, the, the spaceship or the vessel, or maybe that's an... A kind of a, an AP, if you will, for the message from his home world to bounce off of that into him and start his maturation process into whatever he is. Yeah, um, but all this is like super Dave centric, uh, right? Yeah, like, it, it, like you're right. I don't disagree with you that they could have done that, but they didn't do that. No, but I'm just saying, like they they dropped in think, yeah. they dropped in hints so, to the movies that he read into and I read into. He so read think into about this differently. So, right? so think about like uh, Unbreakable. Because, okay. right? like, at first blush, Unbreakable is not part of the larger universe. Okay. Right? Like, it turns out it is. Mm-hmm. And we've already covered our thoughts on how that universe works out. But what you're suggesting, then, is that there are hints in this movie in which will be revealed in a future movie that give deeper meaning to what happened. Uh, not necessarily that. What I'm saying is, like, any movie, and this movie does not do this well, 
but any movie, it should feel like it's part of a larger world. Why? I think it should absolutely because what we the movie's job isn't in an hour and a half or whatever how long it is to show us, you know, every intricate part of what we're watching. I don't think that like. like oh, I, I agree with you, but but at the same time, like I don't necessarily think that. Well, so this this gets an interesting point of, of back to the back to my initial thing of like what's the point of this movie right is the point of this movie to give us a window into this fictional universe where you have people who are coming in on alien spaceships or is the point of the movie to show what happens when this kind of situation happens to these kind of people Mm -hmm. i think that the point of the movie is twofold one horror get the horror elements in there because that's the point of every horror movie or else it's not a horror movie but again, but again my, my challenge to that would be like there are other horror movies that have done it so much better no yeah for sure two would be um just a their take on subverting the superhero genre like what like you just said what if the superheroes aren't good what happens yeah but there was no development of that. there there was no development of that yeah. yeah, it was I like, I said, like it was pretty small scale in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because we were dancing around this, us reading specific thing, reading between the lines, each of us reading sort of mm-hmm. between the lines of the film, and then actually looking at the film for what it is. Yep. And we're dancing back and forth between the two of them. And yep. I think that it's the reason we're doing that is because the film didn't give us enough to go in any one direction. True. And I think that's a bigger that's a critique of the film is yeah. that Dave's able to say this movie was good look at these things that when you read between the lines you can tell that it's good and I think that I'm looking at this film and going hey look at this film it's not good read between the lines see how it's not good and when a film has enough gray area that like Dave can watch it and go no it's good because I thought about it this way and I can go no it's bad because I thought about it this way it probably didn't do a great job yeah so ambiguity i don't think that you're against ambiguity no yeah here's i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna shift the gears for a second because yeah. as i was thinking about this movie right after i watched it, i was thinking about the fact of how much did my enjoyment of the film uh how much of it was impacted by duran setting it up as what Superman i did. bad right yeah which i got pretty stoked about right like in my mind i was like that does sound good I'm like yeah yeah and, and i don't want to pin that on duran right like that's oh not, i did that yeah, that's not. I don't. I don't mean to say that's a bad thing necessarily, because I think that's the whole point of trailers is to get you excited about something. Yeah. And if you watch a trailer and you know, trans like, oh, this is great because it's going to be Superman, but in this weird thing, right? But so what I was doing was I was trying to trying to decouple that for a second. What I was thinking through, and, and let me play this out for a sec. <clears throat> One of the things that caught me was the scene where the mom and the dad confront the kid and say do you feel bad about this? And the kid says, no. And the kid specifically says like, is uncle dying? Maybe. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the kid says, what do you want me to cry? Like, what, what do you want me? Like, I can see that you, you're expecting me to do something. Mm -hmm. Now, what I thought was interesting about that is that that to a very untrained and un, uh, professional view is like one of the signs of someone on an autism spectrum of having antisocial behavior Mm -hmm. and having a lack of empathy right so imagine this for a sec that if they were to do the same thing that duran suggested nope sorry david did that they hide the the reveal that he's actually an alien and instead they use this as a lens to talk about how parents deal with 
the disconnect between them and their autistic child, like how amazing would that movie have been? Oh, it, now yeah. To be fair, that's like a minefield, right? Like that's that gets into a lot of things that a lot of people would probably get upset about, which mm-hmm. I think is fair because you have to be very careful about not portraying autism as uh, a negative thing, and you'd have yeah. to deal with like not portraying. But but at the same time, I think there's there's a ample amount of voices that suggest that parents and family members that uh, have relationships with their autistic family members who they deeply love but still have those cues of like I don't love you right which is I can only imagine a very hard thing to feel like that alone seems like a thing that would be uh, a worthwhile story to tell yeah and as I'm thinking through this in my mind I'm like oh they could have started by doing that right that the guns when they sit down at their kitchen table are like hey let's do this story but then they got to a point where they're like oh this is going to offend people so we're going to peel back that narrative mm-hmm. and then it got generic and then it kind of lost the point right it, 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 yeah and, and so my point is simply like if we can if we can do all of this back to what Durant said if we can do all of this kind of like what if scenarios or well but didn't you see this and that means this right I, I, I agree with Durant in the sense of it's like well that's not our job to do yeah, if if it comes down to the viewer having to do that to get anything out of yeah. the film, then it's probably it just probably hasn't hit its mark. I thought that the script read so they have what's called spec scripts in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, and it read like one of those, right? So it's a, basically the first draft or the first time it's a, a script is completed, and they're trying to get notoriety and the attention of studios to pick it up that type of script would have the opening scene like it did at the very beginning. And it didn't read like a fully fledged out, I think they could have done a lot more drafts on it to mm-hmm. make it better. Yeah. Because I think, man, the film that, you, that Scott just described, that's, okay, what if you have Superman, mm-hmm. but he is is autistic? Or even, even don't even say autistic, right? But just say, like, he he's exhibiting non-human emotional cues. Well, I think... And how you deal with it. But that. even then, I think it'd be really interesting to say, like, what if you have a superhero mm, that has sure. just this inherent, like, lack of empathy? Mm-hmm. How does that superhero turn out? Which also makes sense, given the fact that, like, we don't have a lot of empathy for not-humans, right? Like, yeah. as a society, we have a hard time being empathetic to anything that's not-humans. Yeah, which I just thinking yeah. about like an external alien, like that seems like a pretty obvious. Yeah, I think that jump, that's but... like the idea of that as a film yeah. seems super interesting to me because yeah. I think that I think that yeah, you run into the risk, you run the risk, mm-hmm. like you said, of say, of showing like okay, uh, does that mean that a superhero that lacks empathy for whatever reason ends up being a villain? And I don't yeah. necessarily yeah. think it's true, but I think that it it presents it kind of gets back into what was going on. Like movies with Mikey talking about like in game and stuff, and sure. it's like portray real things. Like some people don't like that, where yeah. it's like, oh, I don't want to show a parent figure abusing a child and then the child still loving them. Like that was movies with Mikey's whole thing about like Gamora and Thanos. He's like, no, they're just showing that and they're making they're building it up as like a positive thing. It's like no, they're showing a real thing. Mm-hmm. So showing a superhero that has something in them that doesn't allow them to feel empathy like you're appealing to a a different audience and you're showing a different kind of person because our the superheroes that we see they're all they're all people that have 
empathy. They're all like upstanding, mm-hmm. like members of society. They're all good examples of like yeah. great people. And it's like show a superhero that isn't necessarily like that. Yeah, which like Watchmen kind of tried to do. And yeah. Deadpool does, but in a more comedic way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's that's not what I'm talking about, right? That's yeah. Two things. Yeah. Well, potentially one. Either of you guys read Wheel of Time? Mm. Um, Liz read like four or five of them. Okay. Well, there, real quickly, ties into that. There's an aspect in those books where magic, obviously, they have a magic system and magic wielders, but people who have that power, the side effect is it slowly just rots away your brain to the point where you become like a sociopath. Mm-hmm. So they kind of so that those books have instances of exactly what you're talking about, minus superheroes, just with magic wielders. Second point. I find it interesting hearing you guys both talk, rewind about mm-hmm. eight minutes in conversation about how you saw the trailer before either of us got the concept, got stoked on it. You saw the trailer, got stoked on it. I saw the trailer, zero stokage. Mm-hmm. I did not want to see this movie. I looked at the trailer. I was like, I don't have any interest in that. I'm not. And I was dreading it and I didn't want to do it at all. And so I wonder if that also had a play in our reactions, right? It probably did. For sure. Because both you guys were like, sweet, I'm on board. And I was like, I don't want to fucking see this movie. God. I don't know. So maybe. I think that. And then where we met in the middle from where we started. Yeah. I think that has played a part in like every movie that we have seen. And I think that's a good reason why we're doing this podcast with three people. Yeah. Because we are, I think, doing a pretty good job of getting, you know. People that have gone into movies with high expectations, people that have gone into movies with low expectations, people that have gone in with none, and hopefully listeners are able to connect with one of the three of us Mm -hmm. on that, and to hear perspectives from the other side. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you're right. Because that's, I mean, that was a big conversation we had with Captain Marvel, that was a conversation that we've had with Avengers, I mean... That was even a thing back in Widows, back in our early days, yeah. where we all three came out of Widows and said, that was amazing, and it's because we had no expectations. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love the character design for Brad is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the taking the blanket and doing the mask thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, really cool. yeah. Okay. It was like stuff that a little kid would make. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the, the thing where he went back to the, or the mom went back to the spacecraft and the lady was there, that was weird. Oh, yeah. I was going to freak out about Man, that. Man, we haven't even really talked about the gore. So, eyeball, jaw, the, the first thing is him killing the girl's mom, right? Yeah. So, it's like, you go, and that's like, what, like at least 30 minutes in the film, if not farther. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that happens is the light bulbs yeah. explode, and yeah. she gets glass in her eye, and then you watch as she pulls the glass out of her eyeball. Yep. What? Yeah, so there were some tonal, some tonal shockage. Like there was no build up for that at all. Or even when the driving scene with his uncle, the uncle is a well, that's a comedic actor first off, and so his lines were like how he was acting. It was just like, well, nope, nope, nope. Like, is he? I love that guy because he reminds me of one of my friends from Boston. For sure. He's he's like, it's, he looks the exact yeah, same. Yeah. He talks the exact I same. Like that. Yeah. It's interesting because you say he's a comedic actor. He is. And, well, you say that and it's true because he's funny in every role that he does. But his main claim to fame Breaking Bad. is Breaking Bad, which oh, is not a comedy yeah. at all. But he's a comedic character in that. He, he is a comedic yeah. character. So I feel like his niche is like niche 
is to be play a, a character in a serious in a environment, grim, dark environment. That's um, I think grounded. Yeah, I did like that. Just yeah. that part in the car was like, no, no, no. Yep. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, that's exactly because that's what, like, what I would, would do yeah. if I was sitting there and the lights were coming on yeah. and off and something was getting closer. I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yes. I like that a lot. Um, Dude, that job, bro. Oh, I yeah. didn't even look at it. I <laughs> knew it was going to happen. I... And I was like, oh, they're just going to cover it. They don't have the budget to show it. Oh, nope. They, they showed, showed it. it. Um, Which was pretty sweet, actually. I thought it was pretty creative. Man, so, I don't know. It's so nuts to me. Because on the one hand, it's like the kid... Uh, Brandon Breyer, he's maybe it's that like the spaceship is communicating with him. We we never really got on that, but like him to go from being a kid who is like never shot a gun maybe or something to like oh I'm going to like tear human beings apart. Mm-hmm. Like that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, for for anyone in any circumstance to go from like very little gore in your life at all to like. Filleting, like kind of human beings, like yeah. oh, man, fillet. And I think to be fair, like I think back to other horror type movies, and, and you get that ramping up of just like what the f is going on at the end of it. Yeah, and I feel so. That's why the diner lady, the mom of the girl, was shown at the end. Right, like is, is more just that like what like your yeah. ar- your mind is already going like what the f is happening, yeah. and you see it again, you're like even more like yep. <gasps> right like like it's it's the the pacing it was just of it, sort like, of like an extra like kick you yeah. know just like a oh were you guys not already weirded and creeped out well here you go yeah. um yeah so it's interesting right because going for what you were talking about the whole superman thing would not be a horror movie mm, you can still make it a horror movie if if like it, if you had it would be more of a character study and yeah and not a horror movie because right? I don't think I think if you remove the like messages from a spacecraft or whatever and you instead have a Superman that grows up evil because his parents weren't great because he was bullied in school I don't think that character flips a switch from like never having hurt or killed anything to like yeah. ripping people apart my, my point is even if he does the movie wouldn't be focused on that right this movie was like, hey, we're gory. Hey, we're rated R. Hey, we're here for a yeah. good horror yeah. time, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. another reason why I didn't... And I think that's, that's a fair point in that, like, if the point of the movie is to make those suspense scenes, then yeah. sure, they did it. Yeah. And, and that's why that's my complaint, I guess, then. My, my core complaint is, like, well, yeah, you did it, but, like, you could have done it a lot better. And that makes total sense to me to why you didn't like it as much as me, because I've got that side of me that's as proven by my love for John Wick and Mad Max, okay with a simple, okay, that's what it is. And when I watched this movie and thought back on it, granted, maybe I was inserting a lot of my crazy imagination, but I, the thing that came out of my brain oven was a nice, tightly baked little pie of Brightburn. And I was like, okay, I can see what that is. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Abraham Clinkscales is going to really start popping up in a lot of new movies. Yeah, calling, uh, making some great... Yeah. Insults. Yep. Great yeah. insults. Yeah. Just dropping bombs. Dropping uh, bombs. Do you want to move into recommendations? Yeah. Recommendations. I think so. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, not... No, I first want to hear about Liz. Okay. So Liz saw this movie with me. Yeah. Um, it ended, and I. <laughs> so it ended, and in the credits is a Billie Eilish song. Yeah. That was actually I like that choice. I like that choice too. The Billie Eilish song. is in a music artist. Bad guy. Um, 
So we left the theater, and she was like, oh, Billie Eilish is sweet. And then I was like, oh, what do you think of the movie? And she's like, oh, I hated it. <laughs> but, like, as we're walking out of the theater, she's, like, you know, bobbing her head and, like, you know, enjoying she's, the she's music. Already, she's already moved past She's the... already moved past the film. I'm like, oh, so what do you think of the movie? And she's oh, like, I hated it. I hated it. And I was like, oh, okay. What did Gwen think about the movie? I don't think she liked it. Gwen? Gwen! What? Did you like the movie? No. Gwen did... Gwen did not like Gwen. Gwen said no. I, yeah, I, I didn't think she liked it. Uh, the old man didn't like the movie. Oh, interesting. I didn't even talk about that at all. Yeah, it's so like, did you talk to the old man or you just oh, listened no. to him? Oh, no. Nope, but I could tell he didn't like it. Because okay. at the end he was like, what the hell? <laughs> He's like, so was it, literally, so is the kid just going to destroy the whole world or what? And that's how he talked the whole time. Dave, Frickin- do, you, do you think that your enjoyment of this movie is because you watched it with this Maybe. guy? Maybe. Yeah. So she would go out to the barn all the time and he'd be like, why are you going back out there? And he's like, don't touch him. He's going to kill you. Like, this whole thing. And this is great. <laughs> did, so many, what was the best part? He was just always, gosh. Uh, oh, he hated that she went into the freezer. He's like, don't lock yourself in there. I was like, dude, we get it. Or I get it. There's no we. It's me. I get it. Because it's you and me. Because it's you and me in the theater. There's two of us in here. Uh, yeah, so just this guy. Yeah. He was he was old, man. Um, hey, he's probably another A-pass. Yeah, he's probably an A-lister. Fellow A-lister. No big deal. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, recommendations. Recommendations. Yeah. Did, do you think that your parents would have liked it? Hmm. I love how we've done recommendations. What did Liz think? Recommendations. Do your parents like? Well, I just wanted to go back to Liz because Duran had. I did. Yeah, I did allude to her having strong feelings. Uh, Dave, what did, what would your parents think? No, no, nope. Dad's not about the gore. Mom's not about the gore. Yeah. They, neither of them would like it. Nope. Dad's like, don't need to see that evil stuff. Don't like evil. No evil. No okay. thanks. Yep. And mom would just cross stitch the entire time. Good. Um, my parents would never watch that. Yeah. Like, uh oh, Duran, the feared. Neither of my parents would ever watch no. this film. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the genre, though. Yeah. yeah. Genre. I think that's what's hitting it for all three of us. So I think we need to use another yeah. metric. Okay. Ooh. What's the metric? Um. I don't know how many. None of us are horror film people, right? Not I, really. I've explained to you guys my thing with horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I'm a tangential horror fan because Gwen likes horror, so. Yeah, so let's go ahead and say, do you think just general general thoughts? Do you think people that you know that are fans mm. of horror films would like this film and would go see it? Mm, no. No, from Dave. I don't think so. Really. Scott. I don't know. Because I'm, my conviction Maybe. is my conviction has changed because of what David has said, which is that like if the point of the film is to set up a horror set piece and it did that, yeah. Um, no, I don't think so though. Yeah. I, my roommate in grad school and I would every Monday or Tuesday go to see a movie. Most of them end up being horror movies, and I don't think he would like it. He's he's a big fan of horror films. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I also think. That people that I know that are fans of horror films would not really like this, and I think it's because it's not like a it's not really a horror film. Yeah. So much as it being, I think it's kind of its own thing. I think it's kind of an anti superhero film. I think it's kind of like a horror thriller film. Like it's it's its own thing, and it's yeah. 
I think it doesn't do horror films justice. Because when I see like horror sci-fi as its tag, I think like aliens. I think people yep. who would call themselves horror fans wouldn't like it. I think people who like horror movies would like it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like weird crap, <laughs> gore. Yeah. <laughs> but people who are like, mm, I like horror, like they wouldn't like it. People that are like, it was a fantastic showing of a yeah, horror film exactly. for these like, Scott, I got one for you. I'm ready. Uh, what would you rather rewatch? This film or Dave's Waterboy? Oh, man. Oh, dude, I know exactly this what film, you should pick. Because it's yes, shorter. exactly. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. And Dave's Aquaboy was what, like three hours? Two and a half. What if you only had to watch Dave's Waterboy for the exact same run time as yeah, this? Yeah. There you go. Okay. I, I, as much as I didn't like Aquaman, I appreciated at least the technical aspect of like the fight scenes. Uh, cool. There you go. Interesting. Yeah, other media. Yeah. Um, do you guys want? You guys are both looking at me. <laughs> yeah, do you want me to go right, first? Yeah, right, right, do okay. it. What do you got? Um, this is sort of an out of the box one. So oh, when they see I us, I want to watch that. Here's the thing: I have yeah. not watched the whole thing. I watched one episode last night. Yeah, didn't if, it just release like this week? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. So this is a new show on Netflix. It's about the called when they see us. It's I, called I talked over it when they see us. It's about the Central Park Five. Um, which is, it's about this incident that happened in New York City back in like 1989, something like that. Um, anyway, if you were interested in it, it's on Netflix, you can Google it. I watched the first episode last night. If what happens in the show is anything like what actually happened in real life, I am just so upset with mm. our like police system, judicial system, everything. I had such a hard time sitting through this episode because I was just so upset. Just, man, it made me furious. And I finished the first episode, and I even said out loud, I don't think I can watch the rest of the show if yeah. this is how it is. And I think, in reflection, like, if that's actually what happened, and I am and I am getting a viewpoint of what it's like to like be in this system and what it's like for young African Americans to have to go through this kind of thing, then the show is doing a phenomenal mm -hmm. job. So in one sense, like I don't want to watch it again because it elicited such like a negative emotional reaction from me. True. But on the other hand, if it's showcasing what actually happened to them at the time and what people are going through nowadays, then it's probably something that more people should watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I've, I've watched at least one or two other documentaries. This is more of a dramatization, right? It should be, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... it, Yeah, Yeah, and I agree. It, it's a pretty egregious... And I don't want to spoil it, but it doesn't get much better. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So, that's my thing. But I watched the first episode of Season 5 of Black Mirror. Uh, it was interesting. I don't know if I have fully complete thoughts about it yet. You, you Are you saying that... Are we could do an episode on that episode? Oh, we could do it on the whole season. Oh, the I don't whole know. Season. Have you guys watched Black Mirror? Mm -hmm. I haven't actually watched any of them because I oh, haven't. Interesting. No, I know that they are pretty critically acclaimed, yeah. um, and even acclaimed by non-critics. Um, and it's something that I should watch. Yeah. But from what I've heard about them, like they, I feel like it's similar in that they are going to elicit 
an emotional reaction oh, from me that's going to just I don't think upset me. I don't think that's entirely true. Okay. I think some of them, certainly, but I don't They're think unnerving. all of them. Some of them are unnerving. Yeah. Sure. The unnerving thing, while I'm, I'm okay with, I if I know it's something that I'm going to be unnerved by going into it, I'm more hesitant to watch it. I think there are some episodes that I've walked away from and been like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And there are some that I've walked away from that I'm just like, F that. Yeah, and and I I feel as though like my f that response is more along the lines of what Duran just said in terms of like, not like I hated the content, but I hated the way it made me feel. Mm. And I think that you're right in that like for certain messages, that's a good thing, right? Like yeah, like that's uh, that that uh, visceral response of emotion is saying that like they did their thing, right? Like yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if if you haven't watched them, I mean they're they're all standalone, so we could, but at the same time. Uh, if you're not that interested in getting into it, yeah, I'll add it to my watch list. I'm still watching if, wow. Great British Baking Show whenever I can. Which so, is if you do, if you do add it to your watch list, let us know because I think that it's it's a show that uh, I believe is heavily um, it, it requires like external digestion. Gotcha. Like it it asks these questions, and I think that it's an important process to go through and like talk about it. Afterwards. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Um, which is why I was going to suggest if we didn't have any other movies for the next two weeks. We'll get do there. Yeah. But first I want to hear... Uh, quick thought I just had. Yeah. Anyway. Bright, bright, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like to, to finish the thought, I do enjoy the Black Mirror a lot. The first episode of this season I wasn't super stoked about. Actually for interestingly similar reasons to Brightburn in that I didn't feel as though it had a point. Um, or a deeper point that I was expecting, but that's all right. My other media... Um, you know, I don't know, podcasts. Which podcast you listen to? Yeah, what do you listen to? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of this comic Theo Vaughn and his podcast this past weekend. Um, he's really funny, and but he's a great interviewer, and that's why I like to listen to him. Um, and so he'll bring on comics I enjoy, and they won't be funny at all. They'll yeah. just be really insightful. Yeah. Um, this is more of a uh, conversation than a comedy. Right, like it's, it's them yeah. talking about themselves and their world. But, you know, exactly. But, yeah. obviously, there's still threads of hilarity because yeah. they're comics. Yeah. Um, and so there's also, in this world of comic podcasts, there's a lot of, it's not incestuous, but you know, there's a crew of them that are yeah. always guests on each other's shows. Yeah. They all have their shows. Yeah. And so it's like this crew of, so Theo Vaughn, Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, and then Tom Segura, Bert, and then obviously Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I've just been kind of diving into... It's kind of been a slow escalation, so clips, highlight clips to um, more extended clips to, like, now I'm just doing full episodes. and Yeah. I just have it on in the background as I'm working, and it's uh, been enjoyable. Yeah. This has been three guys you've now heard of. You have now heard of us. You've now heard of us talk about Bradburn. I'm Scott. I'm... David. I'm Duran. Awesome. Uh, special thanks to... The Beard, the Weird, the Feared. Kevin McLeod for letting us use uh, his music so graciously. We're using... Uh, Enter the Party. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kev. And special thanks to my co-host, uh, Duran Scott, for uh, keeping their heads up high, despite getting destroyed by me today in our debate. Oh, is that what happened? That's we, happened. we can... You can... Scott might edit this to sound like something different, but... <laughs> Everyone knows. This is how we uh, judge all podcasts, how much each of us were right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yep. I am, have a tally going right now. You can't see it, but you might hear it. Yeah, guys. Call your moms. Eat your vegetables. Thank you.
Brady. Uh, who's Royce? Yeah. Abraham Klingscales. That was the, was that was the bully. That the was, bully? Was, oh, was the, making, uh, the, the one you, who... You know so much about maggots, it's because you are one. The black kid who was making fun of him. Yeah. That you guys probably thought That is the little... fourth build... Dude, yeah. the fifth Person. build guy's name's Fohawk. Yeah. Wow. I have a question for you. That doesn't even make sense. How is, like, uh, Matt Jones not higher? Or Jennifer Holland. Or Jennifer Holland. I am curious. IMDb is weird. It could just be IMDb doing this. Maybe total screen time. Who knows? I Even then. Did you guys think when you watched it and Royce first came on screen that he was related to Will Smith? Oh my gosh. I just, it would fall. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, you're going to bring this up, huh, Dave? I'm just curious. No, I didn't. Oh, okay, I didn't know because no. that would make way more sense to assume that than to assume that's not true. Though the last name Smith makes someone related Wait, to him. How is that? No, explain that logic, Dave. No, my I'm I'm trying to make fun of the fact. Yeah, that, I know you are, but you're <laughs> not doing guys, a great job of it now. Doing a fantastic. You job. went too far. I don't far. have to do anything because it's so insane. We, we won't go into this. I oh. guarantee people are going to listen to. Our Detective Pikachu podcast, and they're gonna go. Oh, he's not related to Will Smith. Guarantee. I agree with Duran. In fact, to future listeners, to future viewers, if you're listening and, to David and current viewers, uh, if you if you want to just send David an email, yeah, yeah, not that you know. Uh, his email. Why don't you tweet at David? Yeah, tweet at David doesn't care. Hashtag <laughs> so what. So what? Hit me up. Uh, yeah. If you think that uh, I need to qualify my call to action, if you think that <laughs> Justice Smith uh, wasn't any way related to Will Smith, just for a moment, just for a modicum the of time. The one thing I'll give you is that Will would totally name his kid Justice. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that's the one thing you're gonna give us. Yeah. Also, their ages are appropriate. The age is appropriate. Uh, his other son. So his, no, no, no. His, 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 wife's, son. his wife's name's Jada, and his son's name's Jaden. His yeah. name's Will. His daughter's name's Willow. Um, don't his other two kids aren't they in show business? Aren't they yeah. actors? Oh yeah, they're in the they're in the showbiz. Exactly. Okay, so a lot of things are yeah pointing in the direction of way more than just the one that you mentioned. I just think it's hilarious that you guys what, assume that. Do you think it's a fair assumption to say that Brian and Mark are related? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the last name's Gun with two N's. <laughs> they wrote it okay. together. To be fair, that is that, that is, is, <laughs> is much more. Smith is a very yeah, 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 you got me, dude. <laughs> Possibly the most common last name in America. Oh, Blacksmith. <laughs>